Hey everyone, it's Elle. Before we start this week's episode, I've got a favor to ask. We've posted a link to a survey in the show description. This is our very first season of The Walk-In and we'd love to get feedback from you on what you're liking, what we could do better, and all that good stuff. It only takes a few minutes, so tell us what you think. And if you do, you'll get a 20% off coupon to the America's Test Kitchen online store. It's good for any cookbook, magazine, or digital download. So help us out and get 20% off. Now, on to the show. Making it in the food world takes a lot of things. Hard work, determination, vision, grit. It can also take money. What if a bank didn't care about how your wallet stacked up? What if the level of service your bank provided wasn't based on, say, the cash you have or your credit history? What if the only thing that mattered to your bank was you? At Berkshire Bank, all wallets are welcome. Even you duct tape wallets. Berkshire Bank, member FDIC. knows that the walk-in refrigerator is where you go when you need a moment to cry, to confide in a friend, or to collect your composure. It's the place where the pressure to appear in control falls away, where you're allowed to feel your feelings and get real about the hard stuff. From America's Test Kitchen, I am El Simone Scott, and this is The Walk-In. Hey, girl, hey, it's me, Kia. Uh, Kia Damone, not the other Kia. I don't know how many Kias you got in your phone, but it's me. I'm so excited to get into the walk-in with you, girl. I know last time I was crying. Mary J said no more tears. So ain't no more tears coming from me in the walk-in. And I read our horoscope this morning, and the moon is in Sagittarius. And it's telling me that I need to get back into the ring. And I'm go ahead and confront some hard truths. So, you know, we seeking truths to Sagittarius. I can't wait to see you. Oh, my God, bye. Today, Kia Damone is stepping into the walk-in with me. Kia is a chef and a culinary influencer. She's someone whose career I've admired from afar for a while. I've sometimes wondered if I could have been a Kia Damone in another life. I see a lot of myself in her path and her struggles. Kia knew early on that she had a passion for cooking but couldn't afford culinary school. So she set out to make it on her own, working hospitality and food service jobs in Northern Florida. It was tough going. So on the side, she started her own supper club called the Supper Club from Nowhere. She soon became well-known as Kia Cooks, doing pop-up dinners and catering events. Then, by chance, she connected on Instagram with Gerardo Gonzalez, who was then the executive chef at Lalito, a Latin-inspired restaurant in Manhattan's Chinatown. She applied to be his sous chef, got the job, and moved to New York. Very quickly after she arrived, Gonzalez decided to leave, and Kia took the reins as executive chef. She was just 24 years old. The media loved it. A young, openly gay Black woman leading a Manhattan restaurant? Kia was profiled everywhere from Vogue to Vice. The New York Times named her one of the 16 Black chefs changing food in America. 
But then, just as suddenly as she rose to executive chef, Kia left Lalito. She never discussed the abrupt departure publicly, but today she's stepping into the walk-in with me. She's here to set the record straight about the past and give us a look at her very bright future. Before we get started, just a quick note. This conversation hits on serious topics such as suicide, which might be triggering for some listeners. Kia. Hi. 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 This is so crazy that this is the first time we're actually just like I know. being face to face. Like, I feel like I know you. I love you. Oh, it's so amazing. It's, thank you. it's just, I'm honored. I'm a little nervous. Why? Little. I don't, you know, I don't know. I think it's excited energy. Also, mm-hmm. you're a very accomplished person in our industry, very highly respected. And I think the culinarian in me is always very excited to meet other people mm-hmm. that people think so highly of, you know? Wow. I really appreciate you saying that because I have trouble acknowledging yeah. the things that I do. I'm only just now, like, forcing myself and my therapist, <laughs> hand in hand, forcing myself to really register yeah. the things that I'm doing and not spend my whole life and career getting caught up on, I didn't do enough, or I'm not as good as the next, or blah, 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 until I'm you know, on my deathbed. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I lived a whole life that I never celebrated. Isn't that funny? You can have so many accolades. You can be acknowledged in so many ways, but still struggle with imposter syndrome. Right. And I tell my partner all the time, and I'm like, I feel like the people who have imposter syndromes are the ones who, who should the, Yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> and right. then the people with all the confidence in the world are doing some of the most mediocre things I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> you know, they, they're saying, I hear a lot of women say it, and I think it's pretty funny and accurate as well. But mm-hmm. like, sometimes I wish I had the confidence of like a 60-year-old white man. Oh my you God, know? absolutely. Like, that is... They just do it. Do it. Like, <sighs> do they have the money? Maybe. Maybe. Do they know the person? Maybe. Maybe, Maybe not. Right. Probably not. Okay, so when you were in Florida and you were, you know, finding your voice Mm -hmm. in the industry, uh, your supper club is what kind of propelled you to explore things on your own in the culinary world, Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, I think a major thing was um, with finding my voice was just like, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, I had my little Instagram with my little, you know, tiny following, and I went through lots of names. Okay. Lots of names. And as a walk-in exclusive... I will tell you what my first name was, Ooh. and it's horribly embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing that I can't believe I'm actually doing it. But um, I have cats. And I love cats. I'm a cat lady. I have a cat back home and all that. Um, and my first name, before I was Kia Cooks, it was the Kitty Cooking Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like pink frilly aprons. Pink frilly with cat aprons faces with them. cat faces it sounds unsanitary, frankly. <laughs> sounds disgusting, which is funny because there was no cat in my home when I was cooking. I was in right. an apartment. Oh, my God. But it, that was my first name mm-hmm. ever. First name ever. And it's I could already see in the little, like, cosmic font that I had on my Android at the time. So it looked even more silly and cursive on my phone. Oh, my goodness. But that was it. That was I've never told anyone that. Um Walk-in exclusive, y'all. Walk-in exclusive, Kitty Cooking Chronicles. That's who I was before I was Kia Cooks. <laughs> but um, but once I found my voice, once I did become Kia Cooks, and I woke up and I was like, oh, duh, Kia Cooks. That's what she does. She cooks, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I 
started exploring having a separate club. And um, I listened to an episode um, of Gravy, I believe. Shout out to y'all. You know, also Shout doing good work. Shout out to Southern work. Food Ways Alliance so, and Gravy. Oh, I love Southern Food Ways Alliance. I love yeah. Gravy. Ugh. But um, I was listening to an episode, and they were talking about Georgia Gilmore. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who was that? I was like, uh, rewind. <laughs> who is that? And it was the first time that I felt like, oh, wow. Okay, we've been doing this. And yes. This is someone that I can look to, and it just sparked just this insatiable, like, thirst and hunger just Mm -hmm. for more knowledge of this person. And I felt like a little piece of me that was missing kind of just, like, floated down and went into, like, absorbed this little piece of light into my chest. And I was like, I know what I need to do, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I started that supper club, and um, it was... It was a labor of love because it was zero money mm-hmm. <laughs> made off of that thing ever. But I didn't even want to make money. I just wanted to cook for people. Right. I just wanted to cook for people and bring something new mm-hmm. to a city that desperately needed something fun and, and different, you know. How do you feel moving to New York, living here, and kind of like, I know you did a real, like, full submersion, like, really fast. You literally kind of, like, got off the plane and became, yeah. like, a sous chef and then shortly after an executive chef, right? Yeah. You weren't here long enough to have, like, that absorbed New York effect, mm-hmm. um, but you've been here for some time now. Like, Yeah, you know, almost two years. How does that... How does that... Has it changed you? Or? Wow. It... <laughs> it um, definitely made me... Um, it was rough. Mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest way to get it <laughs> out there. I'm just like, what is the word I'm looking for? It was rough. Yeah. I feel like now I'm working in reverse. Because when I literally flew in August 12th, I started working August 14th. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the restaurant, in the restaurant in my room, in the restaurant in my room. And everything in there was happening so fast. I feel like I, now that I'm out of that space, now I'm out in the world and I'm like, oh, uh, so how do I relearn how to operate and be on that like New York grind, but not in the way that it was before that was really harming me? Yes. But also this is kind of difficult. It it definitely is forcing me to um, to just sharpen up mm-hmm. and engage my mind a lot more. I feel like a lot of the things I was doing at a certain point just felt mindless. Yeah. And it was just automatic, whatever. But now it's like, okay, how do I need to be smarter? I need mm-hmm. to be quick on my feet, but not jumping into whatever without really thinking about things. I think it matured me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It showed me that I, there's a lot that I don't know. And there's that person who left from Florida who was very feeling good and all the emotions and a lot of, uh, you know, naive in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Yes. I'm like, okay, that I can't be that person here or I'm going to get got. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm going to get got really quick, so. I tell people all the time, New York raised me. Like, New York turned me into a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where I learned how to fend for myself and mm-hmm. defend myself and be able to distinguish the good, the bad, and the Ugly. The ugly. Yeah. It, it really helped. Like, I, I got with it quick. You do learn really fast. But you you had a very interesting intro to the city to be coming in, actually going straight into work. You didn't have, like, that traditional, I'm going to move to New York, grind it out, try and get, you know, where I want to go. I came here with, like, $200 in two mm. suitcases. And I didn't have a job. I just kind of had a vision of what I wanted to do. And I had to really go through that those really rough parts 
FIFO. First in, first out. And we have now set the tone for our real talk. Right, for yes. our real talk for our yes. business. <laughs> All right, so the first segment of the walk-in is called FIFO. What's FIFO? First in, first out. That's right. So um, this is a point where you just tell us a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. where you have come from, and it can be your career or your life, and where you're headed. Like, what's your next immediate future move, or what are you currently into? Wow. All right. Well, I'm Kitamon. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I am the oldest daughter out of a collective of siblings from my mom's side, my dad. And, uh, well, not my mom's side. She had all of us. But <laughs> from both of my dads, I'm the oldest out of about 13 kids altogether. I may be lying, maybe not. But um, I think that really shaped me as far as cooking goes. You know, mm-hmm. you always hear, I'm the oldest. I was cooking for my family. I was cooking for that. But, I mean, that was the case. I come from a cooking, you know, yeah. home. I, I was always caring for my brothers, even when we were fisticuffs like on the floor brawling it out I hate you don't ever talk to me you're ugly you still gotta cook I still had to cook (laughs) I still have to feed them yeah I feel like that part just was always that string Mm -hmm. that really um, held us together and I feel really grateful all the time all the time for my mom and for my aunts it's a very matriarchal Mm -hmm. family a lot of women in my family and all of them in a small way have, have touched me and how I feel about cooking so I mean I really pride myself in that. But, I mean, when I started cooking, it was just out of necessity, as most things are for Black folks or the brown people, people of color. And then I realized I was good at it. And Mm -hmm. I was good at a few things growing up, you know, very much like a a jack-of-all-trades but a master of none. But nothing was really sticking for me. And But cooking, I was like, oh, I, it's the most immediate, like, satisfaction for Mm me. I do the work, I put the ingredients out, whatever. I make it do its thing, I pull it out. It's delicious, it's beautiful, it's magic. Everyone's around it like, wow, that's so amazing, you know? And I'm like, that was just instant gratification. And being, realistically, being the oldest, you don't get a lot of that, Yeah, you know? It's like, you're the trial kid. Right. And we're going to do our best with you before you even all the way grown up, then there's other kids under you and then the attention is diverted away from you and now it's about the other kids and now there's responsibility and now there's pressure and all of that. And then there's less of that validation. There's less of being sure. seen and being whatever. But I'm like, you know what? If no one sees me, I see me. Yeah. And I'm cooking this food and when I cook this food, people pay attention to me. Yes. And I felt good mm-hmm. being a kid. That felt good being a youth. That felt good as someone who absolutely thrives on the validation of other people on the yeah. outside, whether, you know, we want to be honest about it or not. Like, sure. I, I thrive on validation. And you know? we, we all do we to all. some degree. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> we yeah. all do. So it definitely felt really good for me. And that carried me on to Tallahassee to just do it on my own. And it was rough. No one was trying to give you, girl, any chances in this kitchen. I think that was my first taste of like, oh, snap. There's something about this industry that's a little wonky. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Because I grew up, you know, watching the Bobby Flays and all of that. And I wanted to be him so bad. And and I was like, well, I'll just do what he did. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I finished school, but I won't finish college because it's not for me. And then maybe someone will give me a chance and see that, you know, I have what it takes. And right. I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not. It didn't work out that's, like that. It's not. That's yeah. not what anyone is going to do for somebody like me. And it was really painful Yeah. at first. I feel like that was my first wave of, like, having to grow up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've grown up, like, multiple times. Yes. That was the first one. More of my conversation with Kia right after the break. 
Nuku makes high quality cookware and bakeware for home chefs. And the products are so good, even their own employees can't get enough. Here's Jean Horvath, the Vice President of Custom and Specialty Products, raving about her four-quart stockpot. The one piece that I really love is our four-quart stockpot. It's perfect for so many things, soups, pastas, sauces, and it's not too big and it's not too small. When I make my holiday cream pies, this gives me perfect results every single time. For perfect cream pies and more, grab your own Nuku. Nuku cookware and bakeware is available on Wayfair and at select specialty retailers and cooking schools. Through the month of October, enjoy a special promo when you visit Nuku.com and enter promo code KITCHEN at checkout for a 35% savings off their stockpots. That's N-U-C-U.com, promo code KITCHEN. I started out as a social worker. And like so many other people in this industry, I decided later in life that I wanted to pursue my culinary dreams. The Auguste Escoffier School of Culinary Arts is made for people like us. Their programs are flexible enough for all kinds of students. From the career changer, like me, to the experienced industry professional looking to add new skills. With their curriculum, you get it all. The classic culinary training, plus the business foundation to take you to the next level. Check out escoffier.edu to learn more. That's E-S-C-O-F-F-I-E-R dot E-D-U. Before the break, Kia was telling me about how breaking into the culinary world wasn't as easy as Bobby Flay made it look on TV. Now, back to our conversation. Those woes must have been pretty hard. You were young. I was young. I wasn't even 21. I wasn't even 21 yet. And I had hospitality jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. back in Orlando and all of that. But it was like, wait a minute. I was like, well, why not? I was like, but I'm good. Yeah. I remember talking to my friends. I was like, I'm good. Like, y'all see me. Why are they pushing me out the back door? Why are they looking at my resume and come out into the dining room to look at me and then go back? And then someone finally comes out to speak to me. And I'm... I'm like, what's the problem? Yeah. Were you like intuitively picking up what was happening? Vibes? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually I was like, oh, vibe check. Y'all don't want my black ass in here. Yeah. Especially no black woman. Yeah. So it was, it was rough and it was painful. And I, I, after that, I just had to buck up. I was like, I'll just do it myself. And then you started your supper club. Then I started my supper club. People have been begging me to bring it back. They're like, win, win, win. I'm like, I'll bring it back when I'm ready. Uh-huh. I, I birthed the supper club with uh, my friend Adriana. That was out of like love and, and necessity and like inspiration, you know, learning about Georgia Gilmore. Yeah. Um, really feeling, uh, finally for the first time, feeling a connection to the work that I was doing and like something that I could look to. Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't want to bring that to New York for it to turn into something I didn't want it to be. It's really precious to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't quite have a grasp on how to put it out there for the people, yeah. but also maintain its dignity and its purpose. You know, I've learned that that is something that kind of materializes and also changes over time. Yeah, Like, I, I've had lots of vision for She Chef mm-hmm. since 2013 when it started. I mean, it has been a supper club where women could, um, you know, show the world food of the diaspora in an elevated way. It's been a scholarship 
opportunity for women to go to school. It has had many faces uh, over time, and I can relate to wanting to, you know, make sure that it maintains its integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also treat my career and all my endeavors as I would treat my children Mm -hmm. if I had them, right? Mm -hmm. I try my best not to make it what I want it to be, but to let it become what it is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I spend a lot of time just nurturing it as a child. Like, I don't always feel like doing a whole panel or, you know, a pop-up, but the child needs to be fed. So what do I do? Maybe I'll start a podcast, you know? Maybe I'll create a platform, Mm -hmm. you know? Maybe I'll uh, just go to the Senate and advocate for SNAP. Mm -hmm. You know, I I will feed the child, but I also just give it a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And just, you know, watch it grow into what it's supposed to be in. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm learning how to take the pressure off myself to perform. I should be doing something, like a feeling guilt <laughs> when I'm not doing yeah. the something that I think I should be doing. Because I'm always doing something. I'm always right. hustling, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just stepping back and being intentional, right? Yeah. And um, so that leads us into the next segment, which is called The Wall Slide. Slide. You go on the walk in, you have your meltdown, <laughs> you slide down that wall. I have walked into the walk in. I can see about. it. I walked into the walk in. I went into that dusty pantry and sat on the milk crate and I just cried. Let's talk about New York Times. <laughs> 16 black chefs who are changing the culinary scene. Yes. Um, what was happening in your life at that time? Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in hearing about your experience at the Lalito. place. <laughs> right. Should we say the place formerly known as the place you worked? Right. Formerly known as the restaurant um, formerly known as. Yes. I've read a lot of things about you. Mm-hmm. We've only talked in short, but I never read anywhere where you talked about how that relationship Because I ain't tell nobody. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. Uh, I'm hoping you will tell um, you. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm in an emotional place now where I can do that. Before, when it was really fresh, um, a lot of people reached out and asked me to do it. And I felt like, and for money. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, yeah, okay, sure. Because I'm like, I need money. That's right. <laughs> I don't have a job. <laughs> But I just felt like the more I would try to access that place, just like the emotion that would be, I would just be, it was just raw yeah, and angry and hurt. But I mean, everyone knows the story. I became the sous chef and then I had to become the executive chef. And um, I always tell people when you see people like you, black people, black women, queer folks, all of that in positions of, you know, power. Mm-hmm. Right, or top positions or whatever, and everyone's just like, wow, this looks so good. And my first thought always, especially now after I've experienced that, my first thought is like, okay, but are they okay? Are they being yes. treated well? Are they cared for? Yeah. Are they cared for? Can they meet their needs? Mm-hmm. Or are they just being exploited for the way that they look? Yes. You know? And I mean, in a lot of ways, that's just what it ended up being. Mm. Because you got, the, I mean, your presence there created a lot of press for them. Yeah. It really, that you put them on the map. I mean, that's the bottom line, really. Yeah. That's the way I saw it from the outside looking in. Yeah. That's the way it looked. And it felt, 
And granted, I have taken a lot of time to process a lot of stuff that had happened and all that. And I'm like, I'll cast the first stone on myself all the time. I was young, mm-hmm. first of all. I was young. I had just moved there. I had just moved there off a very traumatic, terrible thing that had happened in my family where I lost my godbrother. Like, uh-huh. I was, like, not—I already just wasn't okay. Yeah. And then moving to a place where I don't freaking really know anybody and live with people that I don't know and and but all trying to <laughs> take on a restaurant that was already rotten. Yeah. It was already at the root. It was The root was already dead. Yeah. You know? So it's, like, trying to take that on with no real support. Mm-hmm. No real mentorship. No real guidance. And then all of it happening so— fast and in such an enclosed place that before I knew it, I wasn't really in contact with anybody that really mattered to me mm-hmm. or the people who, you know, was like, Kia, let us know when you need things or, you know, or your family were here. Like a lot of my family didn't even know what yeah. was going on because I was just like trying to put out fires every day or, or trying to figure out what this space was supposed to be or, or trying to manage terrible personalities. Yeah. And terrible management. It's just like, how am I supposed to do that? It was hard. I have spent a lot of time figuring out what my food even was, Mm -hmm. you know? So then trying to do that and give an identity to a place that didn't even know what it was either. Mm. That's a word. That is a word. (laughs) How can I tell you who you are if you don't know who you are? That's right. Like, what am I supposed to do? Mm -hmm. You know? And sure, I was just miserable Mm -hmm. I was and I was sick I was really sick yeah but the stress the stress that it had me under I would wake up in the middle night with just stomach cramps wow I would wake up sick to my stomach no appetite it just really did a number on my body and Mm -hmm. I was just like what is going on what am I eating what am I whatever and it wasn't anything it was just such a shock my body couldn't adjust yeah with on top of like just consistent toxic energy and I mean and then it would always go back to nobody wants to listen to what my little black ass has to say Mm. Mm -hmm. period yeah nobody wanted to it was easy to see me as someone that could bring hype that has a story yeah that has you know the intersections that's what's hot right now narratives you're for bl- sale yeah you're narratives for sale you're black you're gay you're a woman that's mm-hmm. a story yeah and i'm like well the story is that people like me get no respect no real support no true resources you think everything that we do is magic and yes. it magically happens mm-hmm. while we're continuing to be underpaid and mistreated yes And this is the same story. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm being put out there for my story that I'm living right now in this space that I'm in. Yeah. I'm like, how does that make any any sense? And I tried. Mm. And you hit that point where you're like, enough is enough. I had plenty of failed relationships in my life. You know, I've experienced an abusive relationship mentally, emotionally, all those things. You know what I mean? I've seen it enough for myself that I'm like, oh, no. Yes. Enough. Like, th- I was just like, this is what it is. At the end of the day, a restaurant is a restaurant. It's mm-hmm. a building. I was like, when I'm in this building by myself putting in orders or walking around cleaning something or just sitting at the bar, this building is not hurting me. Yes. This building ain't calling me all crazy names. No. This building isn't popping off of emails. Being, this building isn't being manipulative. This building isn't making me cry mm-hmm. because it's making me feel so insignificant. Yeah. And gaslighting me when I know that 
I was never set up for success in the first place. Yeah. This building isn't doing that. It's what people do. It's what people do. It's what the people do. That's so true. That's it. And I was like, I, I was like, enough is enough. I remember when that Grub Street profile came out, and that mm-hmm. wasn't that long after I started the job. When that Grub Street profile came out, and my phone's blown up with good stuff, my phone's blown up with an argument that I was having, stuff is going on at the restaurant. I remember I left, I just got up from the bar, and I walked down, I don't know, through Chinatown, over to whatever bridge, I think the Manhattan Bridge, that's over there where the water is, and I thought about killing myself. Mm. I really did. I sat here and I stared at the water and I was just like, I don't want to live no more. I was like, none of this matters. I was like, I feel so sick. I feel so much pain, but at the same time, I feel so numb. I was just out of it. I mean, I'm here physically, so I never did it. But I think I sat there for a good 30 minutes. Wow. Just thinking about it. That's a long time to contemplate. Yeah, that was a pretty long time to contemplate my life. Yeah. And I just stared at that water and I was just like, I, I was like, isn't it funny that everyone's going up about me, you know, and losing their minds. And they're like, oh, what's going to happen next? We need to get you on PR. We need to get you on this. Da, 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 da. And then staff is going crazy. And I'm just like, well, I have people who are quitting left and right who have no respect for me at all just off of how I look or whatever mm-hmm. bad blood they may have that was rotting before I'd gotten there. And then yeah. I have people who are in my personal life who is just like, everything that you're doing is a mistake. You need to leave. Why are you being so selfish? It was so much going on at one time and I was like well everyone just shut the fuck up yeah. so that I can die because I don't want to hear My any goodness. of this anymore this this speaks volumes to the lack of um like mental health care yeah or f- even emphasis focus in the culinary industry not just for chefs in general but people of color who are always mm-hmm. more often than not in very violent situations in work you know and the fact that there's still very little emphasis on how to care for yourself, resources. Mm-hmm. It's, it just is baffling to me. At some point, when will this industry become more humanistic? That's the thing. It's like, in order for it to be, I don't, you just have to reshape the whole thing. It's just yeah. like when people talk about, you know, capitalism and, and how the society thrives on. And I'm like, in order for capitalism to work, people have to be hurt. People yep. have to be stepped on. And I think it's the same thing for this sense of competition and achievement. Mm-hmm. In order to achieve, there has to be the overwhelming amount of pressures or feeling left out of stuff and all that. And it's like, well, if we care for everyone and let everyone in, then there will be no measure of who's better than the next person. Like, that's the mindset. And yeah, I'm like, that's false. But we can all have... We can all have, we yes. can all be, we can all be cared for. A moment in the walk-in. I know that it is important for people who look like us to hear real stuff from us. And so I appreciate you for sharing that. And so I'm going to go ahead and pick you up off your wall slide right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we're going to take a question from Cassandra who is one of our listeners. Oh, wow. And You got um, listener I do. letters. I do, I do. And you she, got people asking me questions. She wants to go into the walk-in with you because oh, she, she needs a little advice, right? So Cassandra's question is, she says, Chef Kia, there are times in my career where I feel like I have been catfished by an employer during the interview and hiring process. <laughs> do I'm you sorry. have any advice for <laughs> chefs who take a job or enters a hostile, racist, no-growth potential work environment and it was not as advertised? 
I'm a big advocate of just not staying anywhere that doesn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And I think our the generations, you know, prior to us, that was not the case. Right. You know? And I understand that and I respect that. And a lot was put in so that now that could be the case. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why I need to stay somewhere that is catfishing me or is pulled off the mask or because it's like when you're working at places like that, whether you leave sooner or later, there's already a countdown. Mm-hmm. Right. But once you start to feel those things, be like, oh, mm, I don't know about that. Uh-huh. Start setting yourself up to go. And also it's like, don't get too caught up in your head to where you're like, I I can't go. Where would I go? Don't speak from a place of lack. If you were to able to get, if you could get that job, you can get another job. Mm-hmm. You know, speak and think from a place of abundance and just be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get my little coins, whatever I need. If I need some more time before I go, yeah. maybe I can throw this on my resume and I just get out of there. I it's 2020. We, I don't have the time. You know, and in the long run, it's going to eat you up eventually. It's going to tear you down eventually. So the best thing that you do, the least that you can do is take control of that situation. You hear that, Cassandra? Cassandra, just leave. Bye, girl. Bye. Listen, people are like, oh, y'all, y'all just be jumping, job the job, you're damn right. Yeah. And it's actually part of the restaurant culture. that we That's the one industry where, like, job hopping is actually acceptable. Right. So, yeah, I agree. Get out of there. Bye, Cassandra. Don't stay, Bye. What's the other option? To die? Yeah. (laughs) My mom's favorite thing to say is, y'all not going to kill me. And I say it all the time. (laughs) Y'all not going to kill me. That's such a Southern phrase. It is. Like, uh-uh, you're not going to, that means you're not going to worry me to death. Right. You're not about to get on my nerves. You're not about to be, mess with my money. Not mess with my money. No. Yes. Bye. That's all right. All right, Cassandra, think and speak from a place of abundance. That is some very sound advice. And, <laughs> you know, be prepared when things don't look right to you. Trust no. your intuition. Trust, Trust your intuition. Yeah. Get out of there. Can't, bye. Please, bye. I love it. I feel so good when I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> And this is Jenny, this is <laughs> As uh, our good sister Fantasia said, if you don't want me, then don't talk to me. Go ahead and free yourself. Free yourself. Go free ahead yourself. and that's free right. yourself. Word. Word. That is a word. I think that's a great way to um, blow out the candles. If you appreciated this kind of candid conversation about mental health at work, check out Kia's newsletter. It's called Kia Cares, and it's full of resources and candid talks about mental health when the sourdough starter just isn't enough. We put a link to that in the show notes. You can also follow her on Instagram at Kia Cooks to keep up with all the projects she's doing. And she's always doing something. She recently launched an Instagram Live miniseries with Cherry Bomb called On The Line, where she talks to cool guests and shares more of the realness and insights you heard in our conversation. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or seek mental health support. We've put a link to some resources in the show notes. If you want a moment in the walk-in, send us your questions. You can email us at thewalkin at americastestkitchen.com. You can send anything you need advice on, from the personal to the professional and everything in between. I'll only use your first name on the show for privacy. That's the walk-in at americastestkitchen.com. One more quick thing. If you like the walk-in and you want more of these real, raw, unfiltered stories and conversations about the food world, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, why not tell us how you feel? Leave us a rating or write us a review. It really helps other people find the show. 
The Walk-In is created and hosted by my daughter, Elle Simone Scott. Today's show was produced by Caitlin Kelleher. Our producers include Hen Margolis, Caroline Rickard, and Sarah Joyner. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. Our theme music was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nina Gallant shot the cover art. Olivia Sheldon and Daniela Barrera brought the design. Our production manager is Diane Knox. Ivana Strawin is our intern. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. David Nussbaum is our CEO. Thanks again to our sponsors, Blue Shield California, Nuku, Room and Board, Escoffier, Samuel Adams, Berkshire Bank, and Valley Fig Growers. The Walk-In is a production of America's Test Kitchen. If you love The Walk-In, then I have a treat for you. We've just launched a companion video series on YouTube. We take snippets from my conversations here on the podcast and animate them with beautiful collages full of photography and custom artwork from some of the flyest up-and-coming artists. It's hard to describe, but you've got to check it out for yourself. Time to get those eyeballs engaged. There's a link in the show notes.